Hey folks and welcome to this week's episode of Shaman Talk. My name's Rhonda and I'm your host. And this week we're going to go over um, a technique called recapitulation. Now, there is a podcast already on recapitulation episode 16. It's one of the first podcasts that I did. Um, it's The steps are all there. It's short. But I really did feel that I wanted to do a more comprehensive podcast on the topic and talk about a few other things as well. So here we go, deep dive into recapitulation. So I'll just start with how I came across recapitulation in the first place. I was having um, some trouble with somebody when I was doing my training. So this person was bullish and a bit of a know-it-all and um, energetically for me very triggering and I found that I just couldn't be around this person. I wanted to I wanted to like the person but I just I just couldn't and then I'd made an effort I'd gone to meet the person and basically sat through a half an hour lecture on why it wasn't right for people to work with shamanism in the West. It wasn't okay. It was ego-based. I mean, it was awful. It was was a horrible experience. And at the time, long time ago now, right at the beginning of my training, so seven, eight years ago now, um, that was something that I couldn't stand up to. I didn't know how to. I wasn't good with boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. I just sort of sat there and took it and and then promptly from that point on avoided the person. And it left me with oh, horrible memories and I felt shame that I couldn't stick up for myself and my practice. I felt shame that um, maybe I was doing something wrong, that maybe I shouldn't be training to be a shaman um, it just brought up all kinds of shame and guilt and made me feel terrible so a few months later um, and it did haunt me it's haunting me this this memory You maybe you guys will have something similar the word haunt just like would come up at random points and like really bother me and make me a bit crabby and it would just affect my day to day well being really so this went on for a few months and then I was sitting chatting to my teacher and it came up, this this person came up and my experience came up and she was really great and asked me if I knew about recapitulation and I said, no, I don't I don't know about I've not heard of that before. So she she talked me through the steps and sent me off to try it which I duly did. Now I have a habit, even back then, of distilling things down to their most simple steps. I'm not a complicated person. For anybody who knows my way and my teaching, I keep things as simple as possible. So recapitulation is a Toltec technique, which is a South American shamanic technique, that is actually quite complicated if you Google it. It involves like 
moving the head and doing various things with legs and all kinds of stuff but I just didn't I just didn't do any of that I used the the breath part and and distilled it down um and keep listening we'll get to that I'm going to go through it step by step and give you the give you the the instructions but basically within I think I did that three times well once I'd figured out how to distill it and make it less complicated and distracting for myself like maybe two three times and the memory was gone I'd almost forgotten about it when my teacher asked me the next week how I was doing I'd I'd almost forgotten it was even an issue it was miraculous so I've really held on to this technique as something that's essential to many can be essential to many in their in their spiritual toolkit I talk about it in the apprenticeship. I talk about it in the membership. I'd send my clients off to do it. I would say that it works for 80 to 90% of people. Nothing works for everybody. So if this doesn't work for you, that's okay. But most people will find this beneficial in some way. So what is it? Well, in a few words, recapitulation is a technique of reliving to release to let our stuck life energy flow in the way it needs to. So recapitulation is related to the fact that we're all influenced, if not determined, by our past experiences. And what's really interesting, I was reading about this today, is that there's a general, this is a quote, there's a general tendency for everyone, um, says Clifford Nass, who's Professor of Communication at Stanford University. Some people do have a more positive outlook, but almost everyone remembers negative things more strongly and in more detail. Okay. Wow. So we all have a tendency to remember negative experiences much more easily than positive experiences. Roy F. Baumeister, a Professor of Social Psychology at Florida State University, talks about it in a journal he wrote called Bad is Stronger Than Good and he says research over and over again shows this is a basic and wide-ranging principle of psychology it's human nature and there are even signs of it in animals he says so in that article um, which is a summary of a lot of the research on the subject he says bad emotions bad parents bad feedback have more impact than good ones. Bad impressions and bad stereotypes are quicker to form and more resistant to disconfirmation than good ones. So this professor notes that losing money, being abandoned by friends or receiving criticism will have a much greater impact than winning money, making friends or receiving praise. And I thought, wow, that is so true. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have a tendency to focus on the negative rather than the positive. Um, So they did an experiment where participants gained or lost the same amount of money. And then the distressed participants expressed over losing the money was greater than the joy that accompanied the gain. So basically, you'd be more upset about losing 50 quid then you would be happy about gaining 50 quid. That's what the research showed. And 
It also shows that bad events or bad experiences wear off more slowly than good ones. So the effects are much slower to leave us. Interestingly, well, I find this interesting, maybe you do too, with many other quirks of the human psyche, there, there possibly might be an evolutionary basis for that. So those who are more attuned to bad things would have been more likely to survive threats and consequently would have increased the probability of passing along their genes. This is coming from the same article. Survival requires urgent attention to possible bad outcomes, but less urgent with regard to good ones. So, I thought that was really interesting. And one other point that doesn't really have much to do with recapitulation, but one that I found interesting is that Professor Nass's um, research showed that we tend to see people who say negative things as smarter than those who are positive. Thus, we're more likely to give greater weight to critical reviews. Isn't that funny? That may <coughs> might not be your experience, but <coughs> excuse me. I can see. I, I can feel that that is. Maybe it's not so true for me now, but I can definitely see in where in the past that that's been the case for me. So basically, in a nutshell, our negative experiences stay with us for longer and are more easily to more easy to remember than our positive experiences. That's what the research shows. So how do we deal with that evolutionary hang-up? Well, what I've found, and also hundreds now, hundreds of clients and students have found, is that recapitulation is a quick and relatively easy way to release our attachment and the effect of negative memories. Okay, so let's get into the nuts and bolts. So I'm going to talk about it in general terms, and then we're going to get, in in the activities and journey section, we're going to go into it in detail. So recapitulation is a simple breathing technique that allows you to release the past energetically and emotionally. So every piece of information in our minds has an emotional component and you know most many memories have a, an emotional charge attached to that memory. So for example, if you were bitten by a dog as a child, the chances are you might be afraid of dogs and a dog that you find terrifying seems quite lovable to others. But this is your hang-up from this bad memory that you have as a child. The problem is that often the emotional experience of the individual, if it's not managed properly in the moment create disturbances which will often bother us, bring us down, affect us for the rest of our life. Trouble in our relationships, diminishing our human development potential. So so many problems come from carrying the weight of bad memories, of bad experiences. And I say bad, it's a simple word, but you know, life is good and life is bad. And we carry both within us. So, 
what is also true is that many people don't even get to the point of realising that they have a problem because of very old unsolved emotional issues. Instead, they think that it, these issues are j- just the way things are. Um, you know, these things happened. They're in the past. The past is in the past. And every time the memory comes up, it gets shoved away. I don't want to think about that. I don't want, and people think that that's the way to deal with unpleasant memories is to suppress them and shove them away. But it's actually the worst way to deal with unpleasant memories. So I do recommend that if you're listening to this thinking, um, I'd really rather not... Um, I'll hear people say, you know what, I don't want to drum up the past. I don't want to rake up the past. I don't want to go over this again and again. But when prodded or when looked at a little bit more deeply... What we often find <clears throat> is that these memories, although you think that they're in the past and shouldn't be looked at, they come up. They're remembered. And when they do come up, they come with charge. They come with um, negative experience, negative emotion. You end up reliving the moment until you can wrestle the memory back into shadow and back into darkness where it lies with power driving a lot of the things that you may feel or or act or your behaviours. So if you feel like, nah, nah, I don't really want to be dragging up the past, you won't, you won't, you don't need to recapitulate, i.e. go back over, relive and release memories that you don't remember, that you don't think about. It's the ones that creep in in the night. It's the ones that creep in in those silent moments. It's those shameful memories, shameful hurtful, embarrassing, whatever emotion you attach to it that recapitulation can really help with. The actual process, as um, I've distilled it down from the more complicated version that you'll often find, consists of two breaths, your inhalation and your exhalation. So these breaths basically... The process is allowing the breath to remove any emotional charge or energy, um, to release anything that you picked up that's not yours, and to regain anything that you lost, like personal power or whatever. And once that process is complete, and you may have to recapitulate a memory a few times for it to work fully, um, I know that I definitely had to recapitulate some of my memories for, for a while, they would just come up and I would be like, oh, here we go, and then just breathe through it. One day you wake up and it's neutral. You're like, oh, I don't even think about that anymore. And if I do, it definitely doesn't feel bad. You know, one day you just it just becomes better. It's, it's quite miraculous. So, we need recapitulation as a technique, as part of our toolkit. Because so many of us are driven by our bad memories, by experiences, by things we've done, by things other people have done to us. Whatever it is, whatever memory that you carry that makes you, that, that you have a negative emotional attachment to or a negative emotional response to can be recapitulated and released. So how do we do it? Well, that is for part two. So if you're a pen and paper person, now would be the time to grab your notebook and pen. But as usual, all of this information will be in the show notes at centreforshamanism.com forward slash 88. And the steps are all there. They'll be all be there for you. 
So if you want to grab a pen and paper or you want to bring up the show notes, go ahead and do that and I'll see you in just a sec. Hi and welcome back to part two. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the basic steps and then I'm going to go through a list of things to remember a list of things that people ask to make this as easy and as clear as possible for you. Okay? So the basic steps are choose a memory. I recommend starting with something easy but that still raises an unpleasant memory. So not, um, you know, don't start with the worst thing that's ever happened that haunts you, but maybe start with something that, say, maybe you had an unpleasant experience at school that you still remember a little bit, or maybe, you know, your childhood pet passed away and you still feel a little bit sad when you think about it, that kind of thing. So start with something a bit easier, okay? You can... Set sacred space for this if you want to, but these are that's not necessary for this. So these are the very basic steps. So what you do is once you've chosen your memory, you in your mind, you go back to that place in time. And you feel your way through the memory without pushing anything away. That is the key part. You have to not push anything away. And allow the feelings to flow through, even if they are unpleasant. You know, be in the discomfort of the memory. Now, when you're fully in your memory, begin to purposefully breathe out anything that you have taken on that does not belong with you. And breathe in anything you lost at that moment. So you're breathing out anything you have taken on that doesn't belong to you and you're breathing in anything you lost in that moment. Do not focus on what you took on or what you lost. That will distract you. Just know that your guides are doing the work. And do this for as long as you can for that memory and as you get better at it, your mind will not will um, naturally wander on to other thoughts when you're complete. So when you begin to think about something else, that's you done. You may have to visit the memories more than once to fully recapitulate the moment. In fact, it's usual that you do have to do this more than once. But not loads of times, it has to be said. So that's those are the super basic steps. That's how I use it um, now. But you can add a few bits depending on how you feel. Okay? So, for example, um, if it's a particularly difficult memory, I'll get to this in the list of things I'm going to talk about, but no harm in hearing it twice. If it's a particularly difficult memory, it might be good to set your sacred space, call in your guides and make a bit of a a to-do about it, make a bit of a ceremony about it. Um... But also you can do this in the car when you're driving, when a memory comes up. So it it really just depends what the need is in the moment. So you can be very flexible. Okay, so a list of things to remember. 
or a list of things to know. This is probably the most important thing that people really get hung up on. You do not need to know what you're releasing or what you're bringing back. In fact, focusing on that will only distract you. So all you're doing is holding the clear intention that you simply want to release anything you picked up that wasn't yours and regain anything you lost that is yours. That's it. If it helps to write it down and read it as you're breathing, you can do that to start with. But that's all you need to focus on. Anything else and you'll just get distracted. One thing that I haven't said before, but I have developed recently for myself. So this is new information for anybody who's worked with recapitulation before, from my instructions anyway, is that you can work on the out-breath first, releasing what's not yours for a few minutes, and then move on to the inhale and bringing things back, if that's easier and a bit less distracting for you. Sometimes it can be difficult to remember the breathe out, breathe in as you're breathing. So you can split it into, into two parts if you want to. If you have PTSD of any form or other trauma-related diagnoses, this technique should be approached with care. Now, such a diagnosis certainly doesn't preclude you from taking advantage of this technique Many clients with complex and chronic trauma issues have had great success with recapitulation. It just would ask that you take it easy, start with easy memories, work up to the hard memories and always call on your guides and protectors when dealing with those big issues. Make it a sacred ceremony, open your space, particularly for these traumatic memories. Be gentle with yourself. You know you. You know what you can handle, so please be sensible. I don't. Um, I haven't ever had anybody come back to me and say, um, oh, I did this and it made me worse, put it that way, at all. But I have had concerns from people who suffer from PTSD and, and other trauma-related diagnoses who come to me and say, I'm a bit worried about trying this technique because I'm, I don't know if it'll re-traumatise me or... You know, I don't know that question for you. That how can I possibly know that? But what I do know is that it has worked for some people. The other thing you can do is speak to your guides, do a journey, ask if this would be an appropriate technique for you to use in, and in what parts of your life. And your guides will be able to let you know whether it's going to be okay for you or not. If you know you have memories that you don't remember, especially trauma-related memories, this still works. Um, it's a little bit different. You would choose, I mean, I would recommend choosing a, a symbol or something that triggers you even though you don't remember why. Like, for example, you get really anxious when you have to go into big crowds or um, you get really anxious when you've got to speak on the phone, whatever it is and you know it's related to your PTSD or other trauma-related diagnoses, you can recapitulate that moment of when you feel that rising, that trigger, however you want to describe it for yourself. You can recapitulate that in the moment. And you don't need to know what you're doing. You don't need to know 
what you're releasing or what you're breathing back. You just need to know that you are. And sometimes that can be the way to do it as well. Um, hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, then just do feel free to ask for clarity in the group and I'd be the community Facebook group and I'll be happy to um, expand on that. Okay, so that's for anybody who has concerns about the technique. Take your time, but it will still work for most of you. But you will know that and so will your guides so you can ask. Okay. So some people say, when do I know I'm finished? When am I finished? So there's a few things that can say when you're done. The first one is when your mind wanders off the memory and you find yourself thinking about what you're having for your dinner, that's you done. Yeah, you've, you've recapitulated your way through that moment. Your mind's wandered off. Leave it. Go back to it later. Usually when it comes up again, um, you know, you can kind of sit down and recapitulate certain memories, but you can also recapitulate memories and moments where they come up in your life, which I'll get to in a minute. But when your mind wanders off, that's you done. When you've reached the limit of your ability to deal with the memory, that's you done. You say thank you to the memory, you're not suppressing anything and you just commit to coming back to it later at a time when you can. It might be that you've only got two minutes. You're busy. We, we all have busy lives. If you think, oh, I could recapitulate this for two minutes before I've got to leave the house. Do that. Recapitulate for two minutes and then you're done. That's a, it's a good amount of time. So you can choose to recapitulate for as long as you want, as long as your mind wants to stay on the memory. You can choose to end the recapitulation session when you've had enough, if it's too much for you. And you can choose to recapitulate for a finite amount of time, say two minutes or ten minutes. Be flexible and avoid rigidity and you'll find the technique is much more successful for you. Okay. So I use this technique whenever an unpleasant memory surfaces. Yeah. So I don't. I, I use it at the. I also use it at the end of each day. So I'll I'll talk about both of those things. So if I'm, when I went through my um, serious recapitulation phase, when I really had a lot of baggage to recapitulate where I was constantly shoving down shameful memories and um, things I had done or hadn't done or moments where I wished I had had boundaries and didn't. Just like so many. I mean, the list seemed endless. And often these memories would come unbidden and like really upset me randomly when I was driving or working or shopping or trying to have a nice time with my friends. These memories would just haunt me um, so I used to use it all the time. I use it when I'm doing housework or driving. Um, I used it when I was... Any time an unpleasant memory came up, unless I was really pushed and really not in a place to do it, then I would just recapitulate it in that moment. I just imagine myself living through the memory, breathing out, breathing in, using the technique I've des- described instead of shoving it away and that worked very quickly there will be moments where that's not appropriate to do like if you're at work you're on phone call something's happening 
Simply say to the memory, I see you and I will work with you later. So you're acknowledging but not suppressing. I think that's the key to recapitulation is it's all about acknowledging the memory and not suppressing it, not shoving it away, not hiding it in darkness. So even if you can't recapitulate it in the moment, you can certainly say, I see you and I'll come back to you. But most of the time, you can recapitulate in the moment. A good practice as well is recapitulating every day annoyances at the end of the day before you go to sleep. So then you don't end up and, you know, you do like a, I don't know, a three-month recapitulation project and then you stop doing it and then in 10 years you've got 10 years worth of stuff to recapitulate. So, you know, it can be twofold. You can be doing previous memories, but you can also be recapitulating moments of the day. So I do that. I, I spend a minute or two before I go to sleep at night scanning my day to see if there's anything that happened that I need to recapitulate. And usually that's much easier Depending, obviously, depending on what it is. But usually that's much easier and it allows me to take back any power I've lost in daily events or, you know, and it really frees me from connections with interpersonal drama. There's a few really good reasons why you would want to do that every day or at least a few times a week. Okay. So let's just go over that one more time. You're choosing a memory. You're going back to that place in time You're feeling your way through the memory without pushing anything away. Without pushing anything away. You allow the feelings to flow through you, even if they are unpleasant. When you're fully in the memory, you purposefully breathe out anything you've taken on that doesn't belong to you. And you breathe in anything that you've lost at that moment that does belong to you. You don't focus on what you took on that's not yours or what you lost and you do it for as long as you can until your mind wanders or you've run out of time or energy okay super simple one last thing to say sometimes people get a bit confused and they're like why am i why am i breathing in things that aren't mine you're not doing that you're breathing out stuff that's not yours breathing out stuff that's not yours and you're breathing in things that you you lost okay usually power um But, you know, you never, the guides just bring it back, whatever it is, life force, energy, um, confidence, whatever it is that you've lost. That's what you're breathing in. Okay, so that is recapitulation. Gone into quite a lot of detail there. Hopefully you'll find that useful. Hopefully I've answered all the questions that you might have. But if I haven't, do go into the Facebook community group and ask your questions on the podcast post. I'll be there as I'm as I always am happy to answer questions if you're struggling or you don't understand something or you just want a little bit more clarity then go ahead and ask your questions there and feedback tell me how you get on with this technique tell me how much you enjoy it tell me if you've added anything to it or if you've changed it in any way or you've decided to do it differently or your guides have shown you additions or whatever that'd be lovely to I keep my stuff super simple but not everybody likes things as simple as that some people prefer a little bit more a little more steps or a little bit more pomp and ceremony so do let me know I'd love to hear how you how you develop this for yourself so thank you so much for listening as always enjoy your recapitulation journey 
and I'll see you all same time, same place next week. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We love it. We love you. We love connecting with you on our podcast. We're really pushing our Facebook community right now. It is where all the juicy shamanic stuff happens. So if you'd like to join us in that community, you'll find us on Facebook and look for the Centre for Shamanism community group. And we'll see you there. Hey folks, in this week's episode of Shaman Talk, we're going to talk about the ancient Toltec technique of recapitulation. If you've worked with me for a while, you will definitely know this term, but I have shined it up a bit. I've talked about it in a, a slightly different way. I've added a few things that I've learned along the way. So even if you know how to recapitulate, it might be worth diving into. So yeah, let's relive to release let's get stuff stuck in us out join me this week as we learn how to recapitulate our lives